Oh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to what is the first episode of the Green Poll podcast uh, from Hammy End. I'm Dan Crawford, the commissioning editor and co-founder of Hammy End some nearly 20 years ago. And if I told you that uh, Nick and I, Nick Byland and I, never thought that we'd get this far, um, it's certainly true. We're trying something different this season, which is a bit more audio and video content um and it's the idea of a few of our contributors that came through during the omicron variant when i as someone who has cerebral palsy had to stay at home i had to stay at home for most of the coronavirus pandemic and i missed out on the thing that keeps me sane following the fulham football club <laughs> which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron given how frustrating following Fulham is uh, most of the time. Um, so a few of us got together and had a chat over Zoom and it seemed to do wonders for at least my mental health and I don't know about everyone else's because I probably annoyed them to high heaven. Um, so we're going to try a series of sort of episodes of something and I'm not quite sure <laughs> entirely what it is. Um, and hopefully people will like it. If they don't, it won't really continue. Let me just say that this is not intended as a competitor to the various and excellent Fulham podcasts produced by the likes of Fulham Focus, uh, Fulham-ish. I'm sure I'm going to forget uh, some here. Cottage Talk, Friends of Fulham and various other uh, forums in which Fulham fans congregate. It's intended to be a collaborator and something that uh, can lift the gloom for, for some of us and another way in which we can talk about Fulham. And I would like to uh, dedicate at least the first episode to three Fulham fans who are no longer with us. Tony Fisher, who sadly passed away at the start of the last season uh, and therefore missed our wonderful season under Marco Silva. Tony was a someone who travelled home and away to watch Fulham with great passion and uh, became a very good friend of mine, helping me to various grounds and out of various pubs when I'd had too much to drink. Uh, Paul Parrish, of course, um, sadly passed away during the game against Blackpool. Uh, Paul was a steward for many years um, at Fulham and a friend to so many people. And many people knew Paul without knowing Paul um, too well because they knew him by sight rather than by his name. Our thoughts go out to Claire and Paul's uh, family. And the third uh, member of this sad trio is Danny Fulbrook, the chief sport, chief football writer of the Daily Star. It's 10 years um, since he sadly passed away from cancer. And it would have been his birthday uh, last Monday. Um, and he was a great supporter of not only myself as a young journalist, but also this website, uh, Hammy End. Without him, we certainly wouldn't have got this far. All of those people are sorely missed. There are many other members of the Fulham family who are no longer with us. Uh, this is something we're doing in their memory um, and to try and encourage all Fulham fans to talk to each other um, because we share the same passion and uh, talking about things is something men especially are not particularly good about. And many of the conversations start with how dreadful was that performance or why has he picked him at number 10 or where are the centre-backs to play in the Premier League? Something we'll get to uh, later on, I'm sure. So let me introduce my colleagues 
this evening. I'm joined by Tommy Durham, um, who we've nicknamed Tomash, in homage to the effort of Thomas, of Thomas Radzinski, because um, he was all effort, and a couple of occasionally magnificent goals, including against Arsenal, um, at the party end many, many years ago when he promptly injured himself. Um, Tommy, how are you doing this evening? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah, not too bad at all. Looking forward to it. Looking forward well, to getting stuck in. I'm glad you're looking forward to getting stuck in. Just no two-footed tackles on me, please, if that's possible. Um, <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> thanks, mate. You know, the early stages are normally quite cagey, so, you know, no early bookings if we can uh, if we can help it. And I'm also joined by Ollie Johnson. Ollie, good evening. How are you, my friend? Uh, yeah, good, thanks. Excited. Excited to be here. Um, looking forward to, to another season. Well, kind of looking forward to it. It's uh, not sure how it's going to go, but yeah, good to be doing this and good to, good to be chatting about Fulham. Yeah, so we're all a bit apprehensive, aren't we? Because we've been up, down, up, down, up, down, uh, or so goes the theory. <laughs> and uh, we know what happens after we've gone up. Um, so uh, we're waiting to see just how bad it would be. But I'm actually one of those people who thinks we've been written off a bit too soon. Uh, especially given that Marco Silva is at the helm. But we'll come to that. I wanted to ask a very simple question to begin with, um, and that is why why are you a Fulham fan? So, Ollie, would you like to tell us why it is you follow the mighty Fulham? Yeah, sure. I guess it's a bit it's a bit different to most people. I was actually, um, don't throw me off for this, but I was actually a United fan until I was about eight or nine. Um, none of my family were really into football at the time, but... Um, I had a good schoolmate who was a Chelsea fan and he decided he wanted to support uh, a slightly smaller club, um, someone he could sort of get into a bit more and, and he chose Fulham and I, I realised I had no reason to support United at all. So I joined him, supported Fulham and, and that Christmas I actually got given a Fulham training experience where I, I went to go and watch the players and met them afterwards um, and then they actually told me that they needed a ball boy on the weekend. Um, it was against City back in, I think it was 06, 07 and um yeah, so that was my first ever football game in person. I was ball boy, and, and yeah, the rest is is history, as I say. Uh, can you remember what happened in that game? Was it a thrill draw, or was it the? Would that have been it, the season before? It, it, I could have, I could well have got the, the dates wrong here, but we lost it three one. I remember we were in a... right. So the only thing I had before was if 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 we're winning, don't give the ball back. If we're losing, be as quick as you can. <laughs> Oh, so was this towards? Was this the? Was it? Would this have been uh, Chris Coleman's last game in charge? Quite possibly. Uh, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm remembering. And uh, yeah, Could bank, well hol- bank holiday Monday, I think. But yeah, okay. Um, look, we we welcome anyone who sees the lights in terms of you know coming towards uh, Fulham Football Club and, and and what a story and how amazing that you've. Um, that you managed to persuade your, because I think you did persuade your school friend that, you know, supporting that team from down the road, because we, 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 we don't say the C word on this podcast. We're a family show. I'd like to establish that. Um, and I'll, I'll go into a bit more detail about that if necessary. Um, but yes, we welcome any converts. Um, Tommy, would you like to share uh, your Fulham story? How you, you, you shared this in writing, actually. Um, a little bit on, on the website, but for those people who haven't read uh, your words, would you like to tell us how you became a Fulham fan? 
um, I was a Man United fan until I was about nine. And then, uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I saw them win the treble. And uh, I was at Old Trafford, I watched the game. And um, yeah, I just kind of clicked in my head. I was like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to be a um, glory supporter anymore. And uh, yeah, a friend of mine was a Fulham fan. And he took me on down to, to Craven Cottage. Lovely summer's day. I was walking through uh, Bishop's Park, you know, kids playing left, right and centre, walking along the riverside. And then, and yeah, just as soon as I got in, in the stadium, I was, I was just hooked, really. Just loved it from the, from the word go, just everything, the whole surroundings. And, you know, it just felt perfect. Yeah, we all kind of fall in love with the uniqueness of Craven Cottage, don't we? we certainly yeah, what... Go on, mate. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I was just going to say it's beautiful. Like, as soon as I saw the cottage, I thought, you know, this is... This is where I want to be. This is unique. I saw, you know, the, the seats in the Johnny Haynes stand. And yeah, it was just, it was perfect. Uh, sat in the Hammersmith end. I was watching the game and I was just thinking, yeah, this is where I want to be now for the, for the foreseeable, for the rest of my life now, really. <laughs> it's a big commitment at nine to, uh, to, to, put, to do something for the rest of your life. Can you remember one of your first games or who we were playing? Yeah, you know, when you... Uh, I think it was in Division One. I think um, yeah, it was the season. Uh, it was the season before we. No, it was the season we went up. We went up. Oh, the, we won the Division One. The Tagana uh, season. Saha, was... Barry Hale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. The Tagana season. Yeah. Well, I can and, see yeah, why. I can just, see why yeah. you stuck around when we played football like that, mate. Yeah. Carry yeah, on. Yeah. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Louis Saha, obviously, first thing that went on my shirt was Louis Saha. So. Yeah, just fell in love with it. Oh, I love Louis Oh, What a man. What an, I mean, there was just something about him. Yeah, he had a bit of swagger about him. And he was just oh, he was just incredible. Yeah. He was just incredibly good. And you knew that while we had him, we had to savour him. Um, Definitely. And that was incredible. So my story is similar. Um, but so, so my father... Uh, is from New Zealand, where rugby is a much bigger sport than football. And he was a doctor. And he came over from New Zealand and he sort of developed a man crush on Brian Clough. Um, and so Brian Clough was really his point of reference to football. And he, you know, it's bizarre, um, but he didn't have a team, really. So I didn't inherit a team from my father. Some of my uh, family on my father's side were Spurs. And so I was dragged along to uh, Whitehall Lane a few times. But my neighbours in Acton, where I, where I still live, were mad Fulham fans to the extent that they um, they had, in the days before social media, they had a car sticker, you know. I mean, people still do have those, but they were much more commonplace back in the day when people didn't have computers and things like that. And it said, don't follow me, follow Fulham FC, which I've always thought, given that we're all active on Twitter, you know, that would be a brilliant sort of tagline for a Twitter account or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, they were, and I'll name them because uh, Sharon Juice was a very famous actor, uh, still is. Uh, Dom Guard was the boy in the go-between film, very famously. Um, and their children, Will and B, um, were great friends of mine. And they eventually decided that they, they didn't give me much choice. I was coming to a fuller match because I was sort of four or five and I wasn't given much choice. And much like you, Thomas, the whole experience just blew me away. And we were terrible at that time. This would have been the very late 80s. 
we were not good. But this family who took me seemed to know everybody because there wasn't much of a crowd and they knew ev seemingly everybody. And we sat in what is now the Johnny, Johnny Haynes, uh, was, what was uh, previously the Stevens Road stand. And at that time, you could walk around. So Fulham would fin usually finish attacking the Hammersmith end. So you could walk down to the Putney end and stand on the terrace behind the Putney end. Uh, goal, and then when Fulham were kicking towards the Hammersmith end, everyone walked to the wards of the Hammersmith end and tried to hope that we would mount some sort of comeback. And it, I, I, I was just um, hooked immediately, and I couldn't always go to the game because my mum cared for me and she needed the weekends off because it was sort of a five, five day, days a week job for her, and my dad was working on Saturdays a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, my neighbours were the big. Uh, driver to take me to Fulham and I, I'm still very grateful I'm still that Sharon still lives in the in the same house Dom doesn't live too far away um Will is actually uh, a regular correspondent on Twitter so he'll hear this at some point uh, he lives in Sweden um, but, and B doesn't live very very far away either um and that was my and obviously my Fulham story has evolved so Nick Byland the Swede and I came up with the idea of a Fulham website back in 2003 when there weren't many Fulham websites uh, to give people an insight into the fan experience of following Fulham. And it was initially bilingual. It was English and Swedish, although my Swedish doesn't really amount to much now. It didn't really then either. Um, and as I say, we, we're still going all of this time later. And uh, we thought it would run for a year or two. And here we are. Anyway, I've probably expended far too much time on that segment. But it was lovely to learn a little bit more and hopefully listeners can also tell us their Fulham story. Um, so we touched on this a little bit, lads. How excited are we for the Premier League? Tommy, are you uh, up for it? Yeah, very much so. A little bit apprehensive, as, uh, as we all know, and I'm sure we'll get on to late, later about the centre-back situation. But um, I think the, the quality of the players we brought in, is, you know, it definitely bodes well. And I think, you know, third time lucky, as they say. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I mean, that we're, we're certainly starting positively. Um, I think we have to ignore the fixture list a little bit because I, I, I keep looking at the fixture list and thinking, that's a tough game, that's a tough game, that's a tough game. Blimey, it doesn't get any easier. Um, so, yeah, I think we have to get, the bit, get involved in a bit of kidology. Um, Ollie, similarly, are you, uh, are you excited for the big kickoff? Yeah, I think um, I think the word apprehensive is, is probably more suitable. Um, I am excited, though. I think the the way we went up last year, it's, it's got to give us something different to, to the last two times in the playoffs, finishing top of the league in the, in the way we did it. Um, obviously, squads a bit thin on the ground, which is which is a big concern. But I do think that the players that we have brought in um, provide a lot of quality. Um, and obviously, we've still got a good couple of weeks, or, or even three weeks, four weeks to go in the transfer window. So I think that. We will bring in the right players. Obviously, it, it makes the start a bit harder for us, especially with that centre-back situation. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think Marco can can do a good job for us this year. I'm really liking the positivity. Um, you might even make a believer out of me. Uh, this right. <laughs> um, uh, we touched on it. Which of the summer signings um, intrigues you the most, Ollie? You, you, you said you're pleased with the quality that's come in. Um, who's Just the one that... Really looking forward to 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 seeing. 
yeah, well, obviously we've just had that that sort of news that that it might not even be complete yet. But Mana Solomon for me is a, is a big one. I think he's um, he's obviously shown what he can do in the Champions League with Shakhtar, and um, we've just had an endless list of wingers: Johan Molo, Markovic, Andre Scherler, Nokart, Cavalera, all of these names that, that have come in, and we've sort of expected big things. I mean, maybe not big things from Molo Markovic, but um, you know, it's an endless list of, of poor wingers and I'm I'm just really hopeful that we've actually got one now um alongside Harry Wilson who can who can really deliver for us. Yeah, so um the Solomon thing was a bit of a saga uh to get him here and it seems like that there is an there is a report out of Israel seemingly today that Shakhtar haven't um transferred his registration. Um that I don't know whether that's has any foundation, um, but it just seems like uh, that's another spanner in the works. But he's certainly a player, and he's certainly our player, um, and we're really looking forward to seeing him. The other news is that Harry Wilson is probably going to miss the first two months of the season, and that is a devastating blow, really, when you consider how important uh, Harry Wilson is to this team. Right, Tommy, um, have you got a different player you're really looking forward to seeing? Um, yeah, well, definitely. Go on, mate. Uh, Burnt Leno, I think. I think is a just he, him. His ability, his shot stopping ability alone, is it could save us so many points this season. I, I think he's a top top signing, and for the price we got him at, it's just it's a snip. I seem like a remarkably good deal, but um, given the sort of three million up front, then a, then a load of add-ons if we stay up and. If we stay up again, I don't know if he goes to the World Cup. I'm not sure what the final component is. Um, yeah. I, 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 go on, mate. Yeah. You can, you, you can see, you can see the negotiation, whoever's done the negotiation, Tony Khan, Ali Mack, it's, it's brilliant. Um, I think it was three million up front, then one million for Premier League appearances, then two million if we stay up, then two million if we stay up again. So, hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's a long-winded deal, but I think the fact that he's come now is, you know, he's he's very good, very good goalkeeper at this level, definitely. Yeah, well, it's tinged with a little bit of sadness because I feel like Marek Rodak has never really had a fair shot in the Premier League and he did get us promoted twice. Um, and I do, I made this point in a conversation I was tagged into in Twitter, uh, which is never a good idea um, to respond um, but I, I did say that uh, I, I wondered how the young, we've got several brilliant young academy goalkeepers. George Wickens is likely to be the third choice goalkeeper is one of them. The Ashby Hammond brothers are, are, have proven to be very good goalkeepers uh, in their first steps into senior football. And there are more. And I just wonder, because a similar thing happened to Mark, Marcus Bettinelli. Um, a few years ago I just wonder how you view how as a young academy goalkeeper you look at that and you think there's two Fulham academy graduates who've come through our system they've got us promoted and the first thing well not the first thing the club does this time but they get booted aside for a for a big name keeper but I'd have done that I'd have bought Leno at that at that price I, I just you know I, there's part of me that feels Marak's been harsh, harshly treated even if those two are not really squareable. Right. Do either of you know any mates who can play centre-back? And are they any good? I mean, it's a slightly facetious <laughs> question, but um, what, what, 
I, I really don't know. I, I, and I, I really don't want to denigrate Tim Ream. And I, I think this is very important to say because um, he's a terrific leader of men. He's been a wonderful servant to this football club. Um, but we surely can't expect him to um, to play 38 games in, in the Premier League and keep some of these really fast attackers uh, at bay. Um, and that's no fault of his professionalism or any, anything like that. What do we do about the centre-backs, Ollie? We, Ollie, I think Ollie's on mute, so I'm going to ask uh, Thomas to, to come in there. Tommy, are you with me? What do we do about the centre-backs? Well, I mean, it's clear that Marco Silva wants to get centre-backs in that have got Premier League experience. You look at who he's looking at. Look at Diop, Saar, Vestergaard, you know. I'm sure as well that we don't know about. And it appears that the Diop deal was done a couple of weeks ago, but then West Ham stopped it. So we never know. We'll, we'll never know now, but there was a possibility that two weeks ago we could have had a decent centre-back in. Um uh, in, on the Tim Ream thing, I think he, you know, he's like you say, he's been a brilliant servant. He's he's brilliant at championship level, um, but uh, you know, at this level, like you say, you can't expect his legs to last 38 games, and you can't expect him to go up against Mo Salah. Not fair on him either to be scapegoated in a way for games if things go wrong. I think we need depth. Uh, at centre-back as much as the first team starting centre-back. So, I mean, I just hope that within the next week or so, maybe before the Wolves game, we can get someone in um, and get them in training for a few days and then into the team for that game. So I feel with the centre-back added, the first 11 looks will look really strong, to be honest. For for the team that has just come up from the Championship, it looks strong with the likes of Solomon and Palinia and Barbu, Leno, you know, it will look really good. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a reasonable uh, re- reasonable summary, really. Ollie is back with us. We had some technical difficulties there. Ollie, can you hear me, mate? Yeah, um, yeah, all think, good, all good. Now, sorry about that. No, no problem, my friend. We're we're, we're novices at this. I think that's fair to say. Um, we were just talking about centre backs and why we haven't got any and what we do now. And Tommy was saying. We probably need to do some business, and perhaps if West Ham could uh, find some centre backs of their own, we might get Issa Diop. But uh, yeah, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it, at this point? Yeah, it is. It is a bit concerning, and obviously the, the Diop thing's been going on for a while now. Um, I think, yeah, to your point earlier, though, I think there's been quite a lot of, of Tim Reed bashing, and I, I don't think that's necessarily um, needed. Inevitably, he's going to be playing this weekend, so I think we've got to get behind him, and and he's been a very good player for us. Obviously, um, getting onto sort of thirty five in October, so yeah, it's it's not fair to to be putting him in this position where um, where you know he's starting a very tough game again against Liverpool. Um, but yeah, clearly something something's got to give, and we've got to bring in some players. I was personally really hoping that we might get Musa Niakate before before Forrest did. I thought that would be a quality signing, and I think they got him for around fourteen million and. Um, I don't know the state of our sort of our FIFA fair, fair play budget and things like that at the moment, but I think that would have been a very decent signing for us. So 
don't know if we were too busy um, try, trying to get Roy Mignoli in at the, at the time, but yeah, we've got to bring someone in soon and and follow them up with a second one as well. I think we do need four four decent centre backs going into the season. Yeah, I'd make you right, and uh, I, I think they're trying. Um, whether they wasted too much time uh, chasing people who weren't going to come, I don't, we we just don't know because we exist on a on a surfeit of rumours at this point, and uh, at this point in the silly season, as we used to call it, we used to have a, a segment on Hammy and all, all about that, and I, well, maybe we should bring it back because I'm not sure anybody truly knows. Uh, who we're targeting and who we're after. Um, so, yeah, I'd I, I draw a line under that there. We need some centre-backs. They will probably come. You know, we got Joachim Anderson right at the end of... Joachim Anderson and Tosin right at the end of the last window, last uh, time we were in the, in the in the Premier League, and they were very good. Um, the rest of the team probably wasn't as ambitious as the team we're going to put out, uh, certainly this season. And... That takes me to the next point of my uh, of of our discussion here, which is how do we line up on uh, on Saturday? Tommy, would you like to uh, give us your starting eleven? Yeah, um, I think I think Leno goes straight in for me. Um, obviously, Robinson and Barbu as the wing backs as the full backs. I'd say, obviously, Tosin and Reen, uh, Polina, Reed. Pereira, I think, has been really good in pre-season and I think he deserves a shot. Obviously, coming fresh from Brazil as well, where they've been playing their their normal season, so he'll be fit and ready to go. Um, and then, obviously, with the Solomon situation and the Wilson situation, there's only really um, Dico Dover-Reed and, and Cabano who can play. That's just the, the best we can go for, I think. Yeah, and I'm assuming you're having uh, Mitrovic up front. You haven't said it, but it seems pretty locked locked in that Mitrovic is going to lead the line, which wasn't the case the last time we were in the Premier League. Oh, I, I did. I think I did say it, but maybe it'd be audio cut out. I don't know. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, it, it might have come to. I just wanted to re- reaffirm <laughs> that Mitrovic it, it is a given, though, isn't it? Mitrovic yeah. on fire, and he's going to score a lot more goals in the Absolutely. Premier League than some of these pundits suggest, isn't he? Um, if we get it all right. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I don't actually disagree with that team. Um, I, I would mention that Bobby Deckel-Dover-Reed had a fine season the last time we were in the Premier League, surprising quite a lot of people. I remember him scoring yeah. an absolutely brilliant goal against Liverpool at the at the Putney end. when we on a, on a day, we were quite unlucky not to beat the team that ended up being the champions that year. Um, so, uh, and I would just give a mention for a couple of young players who've really impressed me in the preseason. Jay Stansfield has been excellent, and he played on the right wing for the closing period of that VRL fixture. And then there was uh, there's Luke Harris, um, who, who's really um, shown some lovely touches, particularly on the in the in the Portuguese tour. Uh, in that first game against Nice, I thought he was brilliant. Um, and I've been raving about Luke Harris ever since I first laid eyes on him. Um, his technical ability is brilliant. Um, he doesn't seem phased by it at a very young age. He's only just 17. Um, and Marco clearly likes him. And I know he's got a lot of fans in the in the academy. And these nine subs that we have to fill, you know, maybe there's a chance for some homegrown players. Maybe Sylvester Jasper? 
Yes, a little look at um, Premier League football since he's stuck around and there was a very interesting interview on the official site with uh, with Silva earlier in the week where he said he really enjoyed the uh, the Portugal trip and he, he's enjoying training with the first team. So uh, I, I'm hoping the Solomon thing is a red herring and he's, he's there on uh, He's there on Saturday because, like Ollie said, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing him. I think we may still have some problems with Ollie's audio. Um, so, no, he's, he's, he's ready. He's pounced in there like Stephen Johansson or so, ready to uh, seize, the, seize possession. So, Ollie, what's your start? Is, is your start? Well, we don't have much choice, do we? Are there any places where you'd quibble with what we've just discussed? I think there's there's just one for me, which is which is right back. Um, I think ultimately, yeah, Mbappe will will be our starting right back, and obviously he came on, got an assist um, almost almost immediately on the weekend. But I don't know if if maybe starting against Liverpool comes too early for him. He's, he's only been at the club for what just over a week, really. Only had five ten minutes on the pitch for us, so I don't know if I'd maybe start Kenny Tete there, but. It's it's fifty fifty for me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain if if Mbappé starts and and obviously his pace will be would be big for us um, against a very quick and technical Liverpool team. Yeah, I, I do feel like our right backs could spend a lot of time in the treatment room. Tete has had some fitness issues, and Mbappé missed a lot of football for um, a couple of his previous sides. Um, so I do feel like we might sort of interchange a, a, a right back at various points during the course of the season. Hopefully I'm wrong and they both are supremely fit for the remainder of the season. Um, right, uh, time is rushing along with us, so I'm going to have to hurry you lads. What are we predicting for this weekend? Can I have a score prediction from you, uh, Tommy? What are you going for? 3-1. Uh, <laughs> uh, Let's go 3-1 Liverpool. Oh, all right. Oh, I thought you were being really optimistic there. No. Uh, okay. Well, you know, uh, that's fine, mate. Uh, Ollie, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be even more negative, I'm afraid. Um, it's 4-1 four, four loss for me. I think they'll just have too much for us, especially with our, with our defensive situation at the moment. All right. Well, I'm going to be wildly optimistic and say it's going to be a two-all draw because we're going to offer quite a bit going forward and we'll be very open at the back. And yeah, let uh, let my positivity be mocked wildly, and then maybe proven wrong on the pitch on Saturday. I'm very, I'm very used to that. Um, so before we finish, I would like to obviously uh, thank Tommy and Ollie for their participation in our first episode. I'd like to thank everyone who reads at Hamien for their continued support. Everyone who engages with us on social media. It's only because of the audience and the engagement that we that we keep going. Um, because we don't monetize and we we never will really. Um, this is a labour of love about following Fulham. Um, and I would say we'd like people to get involved in, in this. Um, and I would just like to wish our under twenty ones the very best of luck for their first season back in the PL two top flight. They start on Friday. We're recording this on Wednesday, so they start on Friday afternoon. So just as this podcast appears in your feed, um, they'll be kicking off against uh, West Ham. So good luck to Steve Wigley's under-21s, Ali Mills under-18s, and Steve Jay's excellent full of women um, who are still in their pre-season phase. We'll look to cover 
uh, all of those teams and much more on Hammy End. So, Tommy, thank you very much for being part of it. Had great fun having you on. You'll be back next week for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Cheers. So, man, Ollie, you ready for uh, round two when it comes? Yeah, yeah definitely. It's been, uh, it's been good fun. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Brilliant. And I'd like to finish uh, with a specific message about uh, men's mental health. Lee Adams is a committed men's mental health campaigner. Uh, he's, he does walk and talks to various uh, way grounds. Um, and he's, he's going to be walking to Arsenal uh, later in the season or later in this month. Uh, so please let's talk to each other. Uh, let's enjoy following Fulham. And come on, you whites. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good night.